most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast, where every Friday, Sean Kerner and I dive into the Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football DFS slates. If you have heard Sean and I talking player projections this week on the Action Network pod, welcome back for more good stuff. And if you have not yet, be sure to check that out over on the Action Network podcast channel. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, super excited for week eight. Um, and the trade deadline is coming up. We've seen some pretty uh, blockbuster trades so far. So really excited to see um, some, you know, potential fantasy, uh, you know, assets getting traded. And, you know, we have an article that we just put out to kind of highlight uh, which players um, you would need to add immediately. But very exciting stuff. Um, unfortunately, I fell out of the top five in fantasy pros. Oh, man. Uh, I, I messed up uh, with the Gus Edwards, Kenny and Drake thing. Um, I forgot to update them. I updated them on our site, but I was dealing with DFS stuff uh, yeah. by that point uh, before kickoff. But uh, congrats on you staying in the top slot. Thank you. Thank you. I, I honestly don't know how I did because I actually didn't uh, didn't get to the the uh, – to update Edwards either. Because, yeah. like, you know, it's like once you get to like, uh, you know, 30 minutes before lock, like, I'm just kind of, I'm, yeah, like, I'm working on like my DFS stuff. I'm getting in some last minute props that yeah. like the books, the books are scared to drop until 30 minutes before the game. So it was like, yeah, I just couldn't get to, to, to updating all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully I can uh, stay there and uh, hopefully you get back in this yep. week. And uh, let's see. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's get into some Sunday night football. Let's do it. All right, so know the freaks come out at night. So who are you, who are you going with for a freak performance in a captain spot? Hackers, Bills. So I'm going to have to get a little contrarian here because obviously anytime we have the Bills on a showdown slate, we want to invest in the passing game. But I'm going the other way here. I'm going with Devin Singletary. Um, this is a spot where I think he could be sneaky leverage. Um, and he's he's been operating um, as a true workhorse back. You pointed this out on our pod earlier this week, but um, he's been dominating the passing down work. He has four more catches in three of the past four games. Um, so this could be a spot where they lean on him even more. Um, and, you know, the Packers blitz at the fourth highest rate. Um, that's been one way to slow down Josh Allen this year. Um, he ranks 26 in EPA per play against the blitz this year. Uh, now, the most likely outcome is Allen torches this Packers defense. Not going to lie, but there is a path to Singletary having a captain-worthy game here if Allen struggles at all. You know, it's a lower-scoring game. So like you always say, you kind of want to tell a story with your lineup. So my story here is, uh, you know, it's a lower-scoring game. Devin Singletary has to play the whole game because it's a close game. We've seen, you know, if the Bills start to blow a team out, that's when we see a lot of James Cook. Um, so I'm kind of banking on this being a closer game and having Singletary be the workhorse back here. Just curious, like, what, what makes you think it's going to be a lower scoring game? Oh, I'm not saying. I'm saying, like, that's the story I'm telling. 
where that's not going to be the common theme with most people's lineups. You know, most people want to go with Diggs, Gabe Davis, Josh Allen, the captain slot, and that's the appropriate play. I'm just trying to be a little bit contrarian here uh, by having Singletary. And you mentioned it, you know, if, if Zach Moss is inactive again, that would make me like this play even more. Um, but this is more of just a leverage play uh, for a lower scoring game. I'm not saying I'm betting the under or anything. It's just meant to kind of like capture that game flow. Well, you might want to bet the under. Because, oh, yeah. Because Ron Torbert is the referee for this game. Ron Torbert has refereed 35 games over the past three years. 28 of them have gone under by an average of six and a half points oh. per game. This year, all six games that he has refed have gone under by over 15 points a game on average. Uh, hmm. You know, he's calling, he's calling like three holding, two holding penalties, three four starts, like holding. two holding penalties. He's yeah. already called like three, three OPIs this year. Um, you know, it's so, you know, it's, he hasn't been too offense friendly uh, <laughs> for some time now. He's kind you know, the points of emphasis is in regards to some of those offensive fouls uh, are kind of popping up when he hit him and his crew uh, ref these games more so than, than, you know, the defensive Mm. Uh, points of emphasis so uh yeah that's something to keep in mind uh for this one but that being said uh i think gabe davis <laughs> still <laughs> has a free performance uh, i i love him in a captain spot uh so green bay you know you mentioned their struggles mm. in run defense uh one of their other weaknesses is the deep ball they are 30th in deep pass DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, uh, and that just you know is perfect for Davis. So, and you're you're also seeing Jair Alexander um, starting to shadow more. He's been shadowing uh, the last couple of weeks after not doing it much. Uh, you know, to start the season, obviously Justin Jefferson had the big game, but uh, Terry McLaurin's did still get a touchdown. So I don't, I'm not worried too much about Stephon Diggs or anything like that. But uh, I do think that you know if you if you if you have Stephon Diggs shadowed by Jair Alexander. It only makes sense to to look Gabe Davis's way uh, a little bit more. So uh, I love Gabe Davis uh, in a captain spot, and really, he could one play could pay pay it off, yep. especially if it is a low scoring game yep. or lower scoring than we think. Um, one play could potentially pay that off. So going with Gabe. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm never going to complain about <laughs> Gabe Davis, especially in the captain spot. I mean, as you alluded to, he has a massive ceiling uh so he makes a ton of sense there um should be highly rostered i who do you think is going to be more rostered in the captain slot gabe or Diggs? it's got to be pretty close it's probably yeah, still yeah. gonna be Diggs because it's just like you know he's it's it's still it's still the the premier wide receiver and there's a right. lot more like as you pointed out earlier this year i think that the public perception of davis is a lot more split than like in our yeah. bubble where we we, <laughs> we have a guy. very close bubble. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there there are a lot of Gabe Davis haters out there. Um, and you know they they have their points, but nobody really hates Diggs. Like there's nothing really to poke at. But with Davis, he has a wide range of outcomes, so that's that's what we're looking for at the captain slot. So yeah, he has one of the highest ceiling, ceilings on the slate. So he he certainly makes sense. All right, who do you like for dart throws? Do you like darts, Ted? Okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. I'm going James Cook here, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. There are, you know, a range of outcomes. That's how I think about these slates or just games in general. Um, there is obviously the chance that the Bills blow out the Packers. So in those situations, that's when we see James Cook get quite a bit of work. Um, so I'm definitely going to have some James Cook shares. Plus, the Bills are coming off a bye, so there's a chance they decide – 
this week to give the rookie, you know, a bit more usage. Um, I guess you said he's been struggling in pass blocking, mm-hmm. but he hasn't made a dent in, you know, the receiving usage department. Yeah, I, I think he's only topped a 10% route participation once this season, yeah. which is kind of weird because he was a pass catching specialist in college. So th- this would be a time, if ever, to kind of um, see his usage increase um, despite, you know, a blowout. So I think James Cook on the Bills side is a sneaky dart throw play. Yeah, and I mean he's run, he's been in on twenty three pass blocking snap, uh, passing snaps. He's run a route on twenty one of them. So like he, like they, they don't really want to put him in those situations. But yeah, if they could just put him on the field more, and he would only be running routes because they don't want to use him in pass pro, which is it's fine yeah. for us in fantasy. Yep, exactly. And then so on the Packers side, I got to go with Sammy Watkins here. The I mean the Packers wide receiver room is a mess right now. Um, you know, Lazar looks like he's gonna miss. Christian Watson, I haven't seen what's up with him, but he just, man, he just can't catch a break his rookie season. Um, And, you know, Watkins, he's limited in practice, but he played last week, so I fully expect him to play. I think Aaron Rodgers is, like, talking shit about Romeo Dobbs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, he made some weird comments today where I think he was referring to him. So this is a game where, you know, Watkins is his deep threat anyway. Um, And, you know, he's going to be running a 60 to 70% route participation here. So I think Watkins is probably the dart throw on the Packers side, he had an A dot of 19.8 last week. So again, he's the kind of guy, he only needs one or two catches to really make a dent. So um, I'm, I'm usually not in on the Sammy Watkins hype train, but I, I think for this late, you gotta be. Hashtag revenge game. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How could you forget? That's the second time I missed it this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is uh, a revenge game. Yeah, I, I, on that similar line of thinking, uh, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, Rogers made some comments about you know, we're, we're averaging about 20 mental mistakes per game. Guys who are making these mistakes, uh, their snaps should be cut. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the two guys that stand out to me are Romeo Dobbs and, and Amari Rodgers. I mean, Amari Rodgers, you know, just terrible in the punt return game. Uh, had the muff, you know, ra- ran away from another one, got it, got it down at the one. So this week, they're, for the first time, Matt LaFleur has said that they're going to uh, test out different punt returners. So uh, by a similar token, I'm going to go with Samori Ture. I, I think... He's a he's a candidate to return punts for the Packers, and he was active for the first time. Actually, uh, was in for one more route than Amari Rogers last week. So uh, I I believe that Tere is going to take over Rogers' spot, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Rogers maybe not this week because uh, uh, you know guys are out. But uh, if Rogers is not com- you know co- contributing on on returns, uh, he could be a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Ture has been that healthy scratch up to this point until last week. But uh, I, I think his role is going to continue to grow. You know, 34% route participation in your first game. Uh, that's pretty good. So, uh, and he's a slot guy too. So he can, you know, Lazard would have been a guy that with Cobb out, you could kick Lazard inside. Uh, and then you could play Dobbs and Watkins on the outside. But now Lazard is out too. Your slot choices really come down to um, Amari Rogers and Samori Ture. And I think Ture... Uh, is going to and has kind of been outplaying uh, Amari Rogers, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm going to go with him. I think he's he's it's only it's pr- he's probably a guy Rogers is talking about should play more. I would think because he's well, the, yeah he's guy that hasn't <laughs> by, played. By him, him and Watkins, yeah, him and Watkins really haven't yeah. been able to play that much. So yeah, um, and, and don't be surprised if they call up or, or sign like a guy like Juwan Win- Winfrey to the active roster, mm-hmm. depending on health. Um, if he's signed to the active roster. Uh, I would look, I would look at him as a dart throw as well, just because uh, Rogers does like Winfrey. Like this is confirmed. So um, you know those two guys because I the tight ends are just it's it's a tough sell in this one. Buffalo always one of the best defenses 
in the league against tight ends. They rank number two in DVOA uh, against tight ends. So tough to go in any of those guys. Yeah, Winfrey is always sneaky when, yeah. whenever, whenever he's activated. Uh, so keep an eye out on that yeah, for sure. He's just out of elevation, so they would have to actually sign him. To the oh, okay. Roster. Yeah. Um, and then for the Bills, uh, kind of also going with a similar train of thought, I'm going to go with Khalil Shakir. Uh, I think he's another candidate for a post-buy bump that we tend mm. to see from rookies in terms of their playing time. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie really struggled in the last game against the Chiefs. He had just two catches for nine yards on five targets. And this season, you know, McKenzie in that expanded role, uh, he's known as a guy who, you know, maybe he's not going to win at the catch point a ton, but he's a he's a kind of a gadget player who can get you a lot of yards after the catch. Well, this season he's averaging only 9.5 yards per reception, but just 2.8 after the catch. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's his calling card. He's not really getting it done. And remember, a lot of those yards after the catch came – uh, on that play against Miami where he shouldn't have had yards after catch because he's <laughs> supposed to get down. So, um, you know, I, I, th- I think Shakir could see a, a bump here with Jamison Crowder still out. And, uh, you know, I th- he's been making more plays. Uh, he's been playing, you know, he has six catches for 112 on the season. So uh, he does have some upside, uh, especially in a Josh Allen quarterback offense here. Uh, so love Shakir. And, and I love the cook call as well. I think the two rookies coming yeah. off the bye, you always have to look for, because like you know the, the playing time uptick because you, you get to go back and watch the film and give the pointers on how to get better and they have extra time to prepare so um and, and it's a sunday night game so even a little extra time more than that yeah so yeah love uh love the two bills rookies yeah same here and yeah Shakir, like he, he reminded me when they drafted him of mckenzie but he's four inches taller so that mm-hmm. could come in handy <laughs> but yeah I, I didn't even realize that he is a rookie coming off the bye as well so i would not be surprised if we see his routes run, you know, go up in the 40% range, like, would you say that's the ceiling here? Yeah. So McKenzie, I guess Kumaro, Kumaro, is questionable. So if he's yeah, out, he, that'll he, help for sure. He should be back, but, but with Crowder still out, they still are going to have five guys active at receiver. I think Hodgins would be the scratch. Uh, if, yeah. if, if, um, you know, if everyone's healthy, Kumaro would probably come back, you know, he's going to, he's a key special teams guy, but um, I think Khalil Shakir would still get the nod over Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah. Um, as far as the luck rankings for this one, Green Bay mm-hmm. does have a, a, an edge here, though, right? Yeah, so they rank 25th on the season, um, and the Bills are 11th. Lucky. Um, wouldn't really consider the Bills lucky. They, they just have a good record, and when you're factoring these rankings, you, you don't really expect a team to you know, win 86% of the game. So just this game has a 14 um, luck differential gap. Um, so anything over 10 we consider significant. So right now... Um, we would lean on the Packers against the spread here as the unluckier side. So, you know, maybe like some Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon contrarian, contrarian lineups, I guess. Yeah, maybe not AJ Dillon. It it seems like Aaron Jones is taking over this backfield, right? Like his usage has been a lot closer to workhorse lately. Yeah, well, yes. And I think that's because he's their best offensive player right now. So that should be happening. But uh, it, it also, you know, Dillon's percentages in terms of his, his, his usage, uh, and market shares are always going to be minimized in games where the Packers have negative game scripts. And they haven't been yeah. in a lot of positive game script uh, over the past few weeks. <laughs> you know, uh, they barely beat the the uh, the Patriots and you lose to the Giants and then you lose to the, the Jets and then you lose to the Commanders. So, you know, it, they've had they've had weeds. Yes. But um, Dylan, you know, really would kind of come into play if the Packers were actually winning the game, which, you know, maybe is still a stretch, but. Um, you know, right. that's why we look at the luck rankings to get yeah. <laughs> ideas of things that could go awry. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, exactly. 
I wouldn't hesitate to, and Dylan's going to be the cheaper one too, but I, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to throw Jones or Dylan uh, in a lineup, you know, not, maybe not in the captain spot, but right. um, you know, maybe Jones in the captain spot, but um, you know, to, especially if you're entering uh, a ton of lineups, I think some contrarian kind of Packers winning the game. Yeah, desperate yeah exactly. No, I, yeah. I love where your head's at. Like Aaron Jones makes sense just because, you know, he can thrive in any type of game script. Uh, the last game, uh, he caught nine passes. So, mm-hmm. you know, he has massive upside in the past game if they start trailing. But yeah, like if you want to set a lineup where say the Packers win the game, uh, you would definitely want AJ Dillon in there as sort of a leverage contrarian kind of play. And we also got a fullback on this. Oh, league. long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving make fullbacks straight again reggie uh, gilliam oh he, that's right and he's yeah. one of those fullbacks that had like every once in a while he'll see a target like down the field too so um yeah. you know gotta watch another like he's worth of a you know one or two dart throws if you're if you're doing like the hundred lineups or whatever, because uh, he has had he has gotten a few targets this year, and off the buy on prime. I mean, prime time teams have loved to feature these like fullbacks and big tight ends. Like a gimmick play they've been working on. For right, two right, yeah. So they, you know, they got the they coming off the buy. You never know, uh, and they, and you know they extended Gilliam, I believe, in the off season. Mm. So he's definitely a, a part, a big part of what they do. Yeah, I would say he's an above average fullback play because he has three games this year with two or more receptions. He has a yep. touchdown grab as well. So you usually don't get that out of the fullback, but he's going to be dirt cheap, um, probably rostered on fewer than 1% of lineups. Um, so a team like the Bills that should be able to score plenty of touchdowns, uh, he is definitely in play here. All right. So now we have the Monday night game with the Cleveland Browns hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are three-point favorites. The total is 47. The big news, of course that Jamar Chase is going to miss this game and some some time into the future as well. So, Sean, who do you like in the captain spot for this game, uh, which, you know, Jamar Chase, I think, changes a lot here. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going with T. Higgins in the captain slot here. You know, is Jamar Chase out? Higgins going to step up big. He's now up to wide receiver five after updating my projections after the uh, Chase news. Um, and, you know, Joe Burrow's been on fire. I think he's going to continue to stay hot here. The Browns ranked. 28 in DVOA against the pass. Denzel Ward is still in the concussion protocol. So I, I think Higgins is going to go off here. I don't care if he's chalky. I want him in my captain slot. Yeah, absolutely. He's a top five uh, guy for me as well. Uh, and I, I really think that um, you're going to have to lean on him. You know, he's, he, mm-hmm. remember, he was essentially on track to be the Bengals' top receiver before they drafted Chase. So uh, yep. I love me some T. Higgins there as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. I, I think Cleveland, you know, they really, they're going to look across at Joe Burrow and say, we, we have to play keep away. Um, we can't mess around here. You know, there's been a lot of chatter about is Chubb getting enough usage and um, I, they've, they have kind of kicked up his, his, his carry share over the past couple of weeks. He's usually getting about 60 to 65% of the backfield carries. Uh, but the last two weeks, he's been up over 70%. Kareem Hunt has been around 25%. So, and, and I also heard uh, rumblings that the Browns are looking to trade some people, including Hunt, mm-hmm. which they weren't before because they're unhappy with the performance of some of their top players. And so, like, I think Hunt might be trending down a little bit. I think he might be on the block 
uh, here. So uh, I think Chubb's usage is only going to increase. And remember, the Bengals are still without defensive tackle DJ Reader. It, uh, mm-hmm. Zach Taylor said it looked like he's not going to play in this game. And in weeks one through three, with Reader healthy, Cincinnati was fifth in uh, success rate allowed uh, on opposing rush attempts. And once Reader went out from week four on, they dropped to 23rd. So uh, this is a game where the season long metrics might not necessarily tell the whole story, but I think Chubb uh, can have a lot of success. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett's throwing picks now. Uh, This just screams divisional matchup for their season at two and five. Uh, You know, this just screams lean on a, a angry chub here I, at home crowd's going to be going crazy uh so love me some nick chubb uh in a captain but i think this could be one of those games where they get him up over 20 carries yeah no i love that call and i i saw a report um that they were looking for a fourth rounder for cream hunt um i don't know if they'll be able to get that but either way it does look like they're trying to trade hunt so there's a chance uh it could be all nick chubb by the time we get to this game yeah, and if, if that's the case, then, you know, also you got to look at some Dearness Johnson. Yeah. He'll, he'll definitely get an uptick. Not the full hunt row, I don't think, yeah. but um, he'll, he'll see an uptick. All right, and who do you like as a dart throw in this one? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Um, so on the Bengals side with, you know, Jamar Chase, unfortunately out. Got to go with Mike Thomas here. He's likely to be the one who takes over most of the snaps left behind by Chase. Uh, as we recall earlier this year, um, when Higgins – had to leave, unfortunately, in two games. Um, it was Thomas who stepped up. He had over a 70% route participation in both of those games. Um, he didn't do much in either game. There was a game where uh, week five he caught a pass for 33 yards. But the opportunity is going to be there. Um, I think the offense is in much better shape than it was when he played earlier in the season. Um, so he could stumble his way into you know three or four catches here. So I like him as a dart throw on the Bengals side. Yeah, absolutely. And another guy not to, to, to forget about is – Hayden Hurst, uh, yeah. he was kind of in my, you know, low end tight end one uh, rank rate ranks for this week. But with the chase news, he bumps up to my tight end six. Uh, so uh, I think he can see a big uptick uh, in this spot as well. Yeah, I'm right there with you. He is now my tight end six uh, after updating after the chase news on the the Brown side. The tight end situation is very interesting this week because David Joku's out. Um, obviously, Harrison Bryant's going to step up. Um, he gets a massive upgrade. Would expect him to see, what, a 65 to 70% route participation yep. here. That'll be pretty obvious, though. So I uh, love him as a play, but he, his roster ship will be up there. Um, so I think Farrell Brown, if he's able to clear the concussion protocol in time, will be a true dart throw here. Um, he'll likely slide into Bryant's you know, usual role and possibly see you know 30 to 40% route participation uh brown has had some flashes in the past uh he's decent enough to play on the slate however if he's out it'll likely be miller forestall yeah uh he's never made a dent so if, if it's him i'm passing completely but if brown is able to play i think he'd be my dart throw with harrison bryant being the obvious one from the tight end position yeah uh my way to pivot off harrison bryant would be david bell uh the mm-hmm. rookie slot receiver for the browns he's Ran a route uh, on 66% of the dropbacks over the last two weeks, and they, they actually made Anthony Schwartz a healthy scratch uh, last week, last game. So uh, Bell's trending up, and 
with Nona Joker, I think when Cleveland does go to, to pass the ball, I think they will be more inclined to go three wide than they have been, yeah. you know, in the past. So, uh, I mean, really, you're not going to use Farrell Brown on like your third down package. So uh, it's, <laughs> you know, uh, Bell could actually see a season high in routes run uh, mm-hmm. in this game. And, you know, Cincinnati, they their cornerback situation on the perimeter is getting better and better because now you don't just have a, a Wuzier, you have the rookie uh, was it Cam Taylor Britt who who stepped in against the the Falcons and and essentially usurped Eli Apple in that second half after Apple gave up the long touchdown to uh, Demari Bird. So uh, Taylor Britt has been I think he'll I think he has a lot of talent and I think you have to look to the inside here where uh, Mike Hilton has allowed the most receptions of all Bengal cornerbacks. He's allowed twenty catches. Uh, on the year, according to Pro Football Focus, and that makes sense because he's a slot guy. They're not as deep, but uh, that's that's the way Cleveland may end up moving the ball uh, when mm-hmm. they do throw it. You know, just kind of. So I think Bell could, you know, he only had like one or two catches most games, but uh, I think you know there's a chance he could get you know three, four, five catches just mm-hmm. moving the chains uh, on some third downs and things like that. So uh, I'll go with David Bell uh, on Cleveland. Yeah, that's that's a great call. If they do go more three wide, he could see upwards of eighty percent routes yeah. run. But you know, he he's questionable. I think he'll play. He's just been limited in practice. But you know, one of the knocks on him as a prospect was he wouldn't be able to separate. And so far, that does look to be the case. He's only been targeted on seven point four percent of his routes, which isn't great. But I mean, we're talking about a dart throw here. But I, I kind of wish that a guy like Anthony Schwartz were active because he'd be more the the deep ball threat on a site like this. But yeah, if he's inactive again, uh, I do like the bell call. And Cincinnati plays a lot of man coverage. They're uh, top 10 in man coverage rate. And Mm. Bell has caught four or four targets for 58 yards against man coverage. Uh, Hooper, DPJ, and and Schwartz combined have only a a 52% catch rate. Uh, against man so like it you know bell one-on-one with with a corner you know it's not going to be pretty but you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm just saying you yeah this is one of those games but um for the Bengals, it's as you kind of point out it's it's tough because they play their starters a, a large percentage mm-hmm. of snaps don't really sub many guys in the one exception tends to be samaj p ryan who gets some passing down work uh some third down work things like that so cleveland 27th uh, in DVOA against the run, 27th in DVOA on passes to running backs. Uh, a lot of people obviously are going to go with Joe Mixon, but uh, I'd, I'd like to mix in some P. Ryan as well. You know, this could be a game. Uh, I know your luck rankings, Cleveland has been mm-hmm. uh, the what the third unluckiest team. Yeah. You know, it seems like bad things are always happening to me. Like I have bad luck or something. And Cincinnati's kind of middle of the pack. So, you know, this could be kind of, especially Cleveland is desperate here at home. Um, you know, this could be a game where maybe the Bengals do find themselves behind and you see a little more work for uh, Piran, who's been mixing in a little more anyway these last couple of weeks. Um, mixing in, pun intended. Yeah, right. No, no <laughs> pun intended, but yeah. Uh, so, you know, Samaj P. Ryan in this spot, uh, it's never sexy, but uh, could, be one, could be one of the better spots for him. And, you know, anytime you have uh, a slate like this and a lot of people are going to be on, you know, the, the, the top running back, if he gets banged up or something like that, you're in business when you have yep. the, the backup. So uh, give me some Samaj P. Ryan. It's, that, that's true, but I, I still haven't forgiven him for uh, <laughs> ruining our T. Higgins 50-1 to 1 Super Bowl MVP bet. So I, I couldn't go with him here, but I do like your, uh, your thought process about it. Got to have a short memory, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yes. 
Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's finish up. Talk some uh, some luck rankings. Let's do it. All right, what you got for uh, week eight? Uh, so for week eight, the the five luckiest teams to date have been the Seahawks, Cowboys, Eagles, Titans, and the luckiest team to date is the New York Giants, as always. So. Uh, they won yet another one score game last week, which means they're now six and one in one score games. That's not to say they weren't the better team last week. They absolutely should have beaten the Jaguars. Our expected score says they should have beat the Jaguars. However, a team can't sustain an 86% win percentage in one score games. So the luck's got to give at some point, but uh, it hasn't yet. So that's what we got there. And then the top five unluckiest teams so far, uh, the 28th unlucky or the team that ranks 20 the fifth unluckiest. The the fifth, unluckiest. Yeah, it's always a tongue twister. Fifth unluckiest <laughs> is the Jaguars, coincidentally. Okay. Um, although, that, again, that wasn't last week. That that was an unlucky loss. Uh, and then the fourth unluckiest is the Saints. Third unluckiest, as you mentioned, is the Browns. Second unluckiest is the Lions. They've had some pretty unfortunate games of late. They've gotten blown out, but they shouldn't have been that bad. And then the, luck, uh, the unluckiest team to date, is the Denver Broncos. And how unlucky are they to be flying with Russell Wilson on the airplane? Like, <laughs> hey, he's doing Talk about unlucky. Whatever, knee hot, whatever you call him. <laughs> I mean, what a guy. Ladies and gentlemen, if you shortly be landing at London, can we ask you please to return to your seat now and securely fasten your seatbelt? Man, sit your ass down. But a lot of that has to do with, again, back in week one when they fumbled, not one, but two times on what the one yard line um so that that's still playing a large role in their unlucky ranking i mean i would i would also imagine like, and that obviously contributes to it but they their red zone touchdown percentage is what like 20 percent or something and the league average is yeah. like 50 so uh yeah like i obviously things have changed but by like week by week three i think they were like tied for third and most red zone drives mm-hmm. but they just won't con- they weren't converting them so, uh, but I think since then they've been below average and even getting to the red zone. But yeah, their their red zone touchdown percentage is super low. 
And you would expect it to turn out at some point. Uh, I know we discussed this earlier, like, is Russell Wilson just done? Is he going to break out of the slump? Like, what's going on there? But either way, you would expect them to maintain, you know, a 20% touchdown percentage in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, at, like, maybe you uh, – because that there's going to be a showdown slate for the, that that London game, I guess, too. So oh, uh, yeah. maybe you throw some – some some Sutton, some Russ in the captain spot. I don't know. Some some Greg Dulcich even. Oh uh, yeah, you got to have some Dulcich. I mean, both of these teams. I you know Denver and Jacksonville. Uh, I know that it seems like the sharps are on the under, which can't argue with given Denver's results. But I mean, yeah, both yeah. of these teams just seem like they should have a lot more points than they do. Like the Jaguars' yeah. underlying metrics tend to be good. Although, as I pointed out, uh, a lot of that might have just been playing the Colts twice, who they match up perfectly with um, yeah because they get in every other game the jaguar just seem to just be like this mistake prone inconsistent offense uh and then you know so i i, I don't know I don't, against the denver defense i'm not expecting too much from from the jags but yeah i, th- I would i would mm-hmm. think denver can you know they're better than what they put on oh yeah the, for sure uh, there's no denying that as yeah. weird as russ is and how horrible the season has gone i think there's no denying that this team is way better than their current record have they announced uh starter at running back yet have they said melvin gordon still our starter or? i mean he's on the trade block as is jerry judy uh so i yeah. you know hamler I mean, too right if i'm not mistaken i think hamler's up i i mean i wouldn't see why not uh, i haven't heard yeah. p- specifically hammer but yeah i uh with the running back situation i don't i don't know if they even need to announce it anymore i think you know gordon he, he he did get the most snaps last game he's always a fumble away from getting no snaps mm-hmm. and the game before that he got benched at halftime for seemingly no reason and, and we don't even know how much Gordon would have really played if Mike Boone hadn't gotten hurt. Because oh, remember, Mike yeah. Boone was taking like a lot of the passing down work and he actually saw uptick in carries. Uh, and so like it's possible that like Gordon essentially just took Boone's role and that's why he outsnapped Murray. So I, I'm kind of projecting them dead even. Like that's, I, yeah. you know, like, I, well, I don't... you were high, you were super high on Murray earlier in the week. Then they announced Gordon as a starter, and then Murray still ended up outscoring him. Yeah, um, I mean, so maybe in fantasy pros, that's why you're still in first. Did you leave Murray uh, ranked ahead of Gordon? No, actually, bump Gordon. Oh, you flipped it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, I was still lower than consensus on. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, actually, no, no, no. I'm lying. I am lying. Sorry. I, I had I had Murray higher highest, but I think I I think I still had him around consensus. But I had Gordon as my RB fifty. Uh, yeah, the last been, guy. Uh, my exactly. last guy in there and then i had boone 55 or something so right. like i was just low on like the entire bronco bat because i'm a <laughs> i'm a big fan of the you know the jets defense i think is super underrated yeah that's so. true uh but this week yeah this week i'm just kind of um splitting the, their snaps because i i really am not gonna play that game with yeah well who knows maybe we'll see some more packing. trades we'll see some more trades before kickoff this weekend yeah, that, and that's, you know, that's always something to monitor because then, you know, the, a lot of times the pricing will come out for these uh, showdown yeah. sites especially. And if somebody gets traded, uh, that, you know, you can have like a, a min-price guy, you're going to have to know who who it is. So, I mean, yep. for the Broncos, if if Judy gets traded, I think it would be um, – Oh, obviously, God. <laughs> it, like, Hamler obviously gets a big bump. I think Kendall Hinton, though, um, becomes like a, an every-down receiver. And then Montreal yeah. Washington maybe gets a chance to finally break out as well. But I think he's, Hinton, had, he's had his chances though. I've yeah. given up on Washington, but yeah, I think he, he would fit the bill, but yeah, hinted for some reason, I think it's because he started that one game during the COVID season. Um, I think they're still rewarding Hinton for stepping up there, but yeah, it'll, it'll be him. He'll, he'll probably be over 70% routes run, but not do much with them. Um, yeah. if, if they do trade Judy. 
And then for the for the Jags, uh, Jamichael Hasty has been a the guy they've been talking up all yep. week. Um, so they they, they want to give him a, a, a lot more carries. So um, Snoop Connor is also lingering. You know, he's going to be yeah. active probably for the first time. But uh, Hasty had like that big run against the Colts, and he's he can play on pass down. So I I think Hasty at least is going to get that first crack at like n- not the full Robinson role, but he'll he'll be he'll, he'll probably play you know thirty percent of the time or something like that. So uh, he's a guy to keep in mind if you're playing on on that side. So what's the top luck matchup of the week? So the, the biggest discrepancy this week is the Lions versus Dolphins. The Lions, as I mentioned, are the second unluckiest team. Dolphins are the 10th luckiest, but uh, that's a luck ranking differential of 21. Um, so anytime we've seen a luck ranking differential of 16 or more, um, the unluckier team has gone 15 and 6 against the spread. I mean, like I said, the Lions, you know, they got killed last week against the Cowboys. They lost 24 to 6. Um, so, you know, they've, they've been in some blowouts recently, but the game probably should have been a little bit closer. Jared Goff had two ugly turnovers. Maybe we can bank on that continuing, but, um, you know, Jamal Williams, he fumbled the ball on the goal line on first and goal. Um, so those types of things, uh, the luck rankings try to capture. Um, and then, you know, just, I think the matchup itself sets up well for Goff. You know, he typically struggles when facing pressure. So a matchup against the Cowboys is always going to be a problem for him because they lead the league in pressure rate. Uh, but the Dolphins, you know, they've only generated pressure at the fourth lowest rate this year. Um, so he should have a, a much cleaner pocket. So I think Jared Goff should have a bounce back game here. Plus they lost Amon Ra on like what the second, mm-hmm. or third drive of the game. So he should be, uh, you know, healthy enough to play this week. So I think it just, they had a whole host of things go wrong with them last week. So Sure enough, you know, 75% of the actions on Miami here. So I, I just think the, the market's probably underestimating the Lions here having a bounce back game. Yeah. And I mean, don't underestimate DeAndre Swift if he comes. Oh, yeah. Because that, he he's back. off the injury report completely. So I'm thinking he's going to play. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Swift this year is averaging 8.6 yards per carry and uh, 9.6 yards per catch. And like, I'm not saying he's going to sustain that. I'm just saying that is a massive improvement. Like that just makes a, a ton of difference when he's probably going to be the guy that's touching the ball the most uh, on this offense. So, yeah. um, you know, that that's a major boost. And I'll, I'll probably be, uh, I'm assuming you're, you're, you're betting the, the Lions this week. I'll probably be on him with you uh, if, if Swift is officially ruled in, because I think, I think that, that, that would be a major key. Cause you're going to, you're going to have to put up points against this Dolphins team. Oh, I yeah. think, I think. I did, have, I did have Pittsburgh against them, and I thought for sure I had lost that bet in after the first or second drive, uh, and just Miami went. Yeah, they just stalled. They stopped putting up points. Yeah, but um, I would think Miami puts up some points indoors uh, against the Lions yeah. defense. So uh, it's going to be it's going to come down to that Lions offense being able to to return the favor. Yeah, yeah. Swift's off the injury report, so fully expect him to return here. And I wonder if after that goal line fumble by Williams, if he gets his uh, goal line duties back here. Just you know, for fantasy purposes. Yeah. I mean, he probably will. They like I said, they just love. Like he's just, yeah. they just love him. I like, love him too. He's, yeah, he's, he's legit. He's he's one of those guys. They would probably just let you know, um, kind of, uh, make up for it. But they did have. A, I think Campbell did have a quote saying like, "Guys can't do that, or guys can't oh, play. Really? Guys can't play if they're gonna fumble." So you know, it is it is something where I think from a projection standpoint, I, I am gonna be a little conservative um there so um yeah uh, that's that, i think swift though swift is swift sw- a healthy swift uh yes. you know can can have you can put up 100 scrimmage yards in his sleep all right that is going to do it for the fantasy flex week eight night shift podcast be sure to check out our nfl 
Slayer Projections episode for Week 8 over on the Action Network podcast channel. We also have our fantasy preview episode that dives into the main slate and the Thursday night slate up on this channel right here. For more great uh, fantasy content, you can, of course, check out actionnetwork.com where you can get our fantasy football rankings up to date for the week. Be sure to check out the Action Network app. It's free. You can download it and follow Sean at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. Uh, those are our same handles on Twitter as well. Until next time, let's get this money. Money.